morning. Glad you made it out during this big snowstorm today. Thanks for being here. Um, so as Mike prayed, uh, getting a glimpse of the greatness of God, I, I really hope that this morning um, that you really feel that because that um, perfectly encapsulates what uh, you know. I hope to get across this morning. The passages uh, that were assigned to me were Hebrews chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. Um, I kind of went... Uh, I'm supposed to talk about angels, but maybe somebody will talk about that another time. God kind of put something else on my heart for this morning. So Hebrews chapter 1, um, verses 1 through 3 from the ESV. Long ago, at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So keep that in mind, creator. Jesus was creator. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So he created and he upholds. So he's the creator and the sustainer. Colossians continues with this theme in Colossians 1 verse 16 where it says, By him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So creator of everything. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So again, creator and sustainer. So I I wanted to, when when I read that in Hebrews, it just jumped out at me. And I know DJ touched on him being the creator and sustainer in a previous sermon Uh, in this series, but I wanted to dig in a little deeper and just think about God's creation through Jesus, everything that was created. So your brain, which we all have, right? Every single one of us, pretty sure, looks like it, is more complex and powerful than any supercomputer. So um, computer wizards out there. Is, that's, a, that's a true fact, right? No supercomputer has yet uh, beat out the human brain for amount of calculations. Dan, I'm looking at you. You're, you're a computer guy, right? Okay. Last I checked, um, sometimes when I do my research, I can research things that were, you know, so I found some articles from like 2010. A lot's happened in computation. I'm looking like an idiot right now with my vocabulary here, but a lot has happened with computers Um, So as of what I saw from like within the recent weeks, that our brain is more complex than any computer created. It does one billion billion calculations per second. So that's one billion times one billion calculations per second your brain is currently doing, which is more complex and powerful than any computer ever created. And there's actually um, a desire right now to for computers, like people are trying to be the first one to create a supercomputer that can do as many calculations as the human brain. That's what we have going on up here. Maybe some of you are 1 billion times 999 million, you know, maybe like a little bit less, but you're still doing a lot of calculations per second. It has billions of neurons that can perceive, interpret, store, analyze, and redistribute data at the same time, which no computer can do. Computers are are 
compartmentalized, where our brain can perceive things, then interpret that, store it, analyze it, and then redistribute it all simultaneously. Think about it when you're like driving, right? There, there's so many things happening at the same time and you don't even realize it that your brain is doing. It's, it's complex and it's powerful and it's only been like, scientists only know like a tiny bit of the complexity of the brain. Jesus created that. Think about the human eye, you know, perceiving like what, what it takes in and then redistributes in, its, in your brain, the, the complexity of the human eye. I teach photography um, to a lot of people and I talk about how the eye is so much more advanced than any lens that's ever been created. The human eye. Think about your hand. All right, I'm gonna do a little exercise right here. All right, hopefully you all can do this. But take your hand and then just touch your thumb to each finger. How'd you do that? What, what went behind that? You're like, oh, I just did it, right? There, there's, there's things going on, like seriously, just for a second, think about that, which is impossible to do. Like, how, did the, how is this happening right now? Like just all the little things that we do without thinking about it. How is that happening, the complexity of the human body? I was watching the Sixers basketball last night, and this sermon was on my mind, and, and looking at the basketball players just um, reacting to you know, their, their body just moving without thinking, and, and how they're responding and what they're doing, just, just this alone, it's, it's complex and it's wonderful, and it's mysterious, and it's powerful, and it was created by God. You're breathing right now. Now, now you realize you're breathing, but a second ago you didn't. But that's happening. Your heart is, you can't tell your heart to stop beating. It's just happening. Creator and sustainer of it all. Now, let's zoom out a little bit, okay? So that's the human body, which is magnificent. Let's zoom out. If we can bring the lights down for this one. Are we able to like, get, get nice and low? And then we'll bring up my, the moon. It's the moon. It's not made of cheese, I found out recently in my research. And if we can get those uh, down as well, we'll be able to see everything a lot better. All right, now no falling asleep. Okay. So, again, from, from my research, and I cross-referenced to make sure that all of this was correct. Um, so, if you are an astronomer and any of my facts are slightly wrong, you just can let me know afterward. But with current technology, a rocket can get up to 36,000 miles per hour. So, in an hour, it can go one and a half times around the Earth, the, the fastest rocket. So, to get to the moon, which is here, it would take that rocket about seven hours. All right, so here's the scale. There's Earth, it's a little pixelated, and there's the moon. So about seven hours with the fastest rocket to get there. And just for scale, that's all of the planets with a little bit of space to spare, is how far away 
the Earth is from the moon. About 238,000 miles. For Mars, it would take that rocket about 260 days to get to Mars. To the end of our solar system, it would take that rocket about 28.5 years. Okay, so right, right now you're like, okay, seven hours, I can picture that. That's how much I slept last night. 260 days, that's like about a year, so you can, you can picture that in your mind. You can grasp that with your one billion billion calculations that are happening in your brain right now. To the end of your solar system, yeah, we can all, you know, 28.5 years, okay. Well, what about the nearest star other than the sun? That's, somebody asked that question the other day. What's the nearest star to Earth? And we're like, I don't know. They're like, the sun. I'm like, ah, 999 million, 900 calculations. So the nearest star, now this blew my mind. So when you look up in the sky, to get to the nearest star, how long do you think it would take with that 36,000 mile per hour rocket? Any guesses? 80,000 years. Yeah, that's the, that's the, what I, what, 80, so when you look up at the sky, the closest one of those stars to us would take 80,000 years to get to with our current technology. The nearest galaxy, which is pictured here, with current technology, 749 million years to get to. And there is potentially 100 billion, well, they, they know, in the, so there's the observable universe. This is something I just learned about recently. So if we're here, Earth, as far as we can observe this way and that way and that way, that's the observable universe. We can only see so far. And they calculate there are about 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe, but they believe there's trillions. And even most of the articles that I was studying believe that there might be multiple universes and that space is infinite. So websites were, like non-Christian websites were using the words infinite, like it never ends. It's like, and there's no God? Infinite? So it would take 749 million years to get here. And our galaxy, which we live in, what's it called? The Milky Way. It's delicious. <laughs> so our sun in the Milky Way, by scale, is about the same as a white blood cell in the United States. The Milky Way. We can't even comprehend the vastness, and that's just the Milky Way galaxy. And then 749 years, 749 million years to get here. This is a photo that was uh, taken by the Hubble Space Telescope. These are galaxies. All these right here. Those are, and hopefully you can see them. Those are galaxies. So to go from one end to the other of what we know and what we can see, 225 trillion years with current technology. It's big. It's big. Creator and sustainer of this. 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe. It's believed that there are trillions, but we just can't 
see that far. The universe, and these are just guesses through what we can see, contains more stars than grains of sand on the earth. And it's believed that space is infinite. It has no end. So I'm, I'm just going to sit down for a second and just click through a couple of slides. So Mike, it, right? A glimpse of the greatness of God. This, he's incredible. So these are some Hubble telescope uh, images of different galaxies. All right, so we can bring the lights back up. We'll just keep that up there. Wow, right? So next time you look up the sky, think to yourself, it would take 80,000 years to get to the closest one of those. Our God is big. And then Luke chapter 2 says this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told to them. So the creator, which we just got like a slight glimpse of in those slides, came down to us in the form of a baby. Could you imagine if you're having trouble with Microsoft Word and all of a sudden Bill Gates calls you to try to help you troubleshoot? Could you imagine if you're Christmas delivery from Amazon didn't show up or was damaged, and Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, calls you up to try to help you figure it out, you'd be like, my gosh, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, called to help me with my Amazon order. Yet, it's like comparing a spark to the sun, comparing these people of earthly power to the power of Jesus who came down in the form of a baby for you and for me. And you would think that he would come down as many did as this like earthly and powerful king. They did not know what we know about the universe back then. 
Our minds should just become more and more infatuated with the power of God the more that we learn about the complexity of the human body and the depth and breadth of the universe. You would think that he would come down as a king. Yet Philippians says he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The creator and sustainer chose to be misunderstood, and he still is. Rejected, homeless, humiliated, beaten, crucified. The power that created this chose the cross. Sin created separation, and Jesus wanted to restore that. God was present in the tabernacle, and now he is present inside of us. Galatians says, I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I hope the glimpse is a little bit clearer this morning. The creator and sustainer of all of that, Galatians says, lives in you. Like, that should get you pumped up, right? If God is for us, what can be against us? He lives in us. But I, I think we, we doubt and we don't trust and we feel like God can't do great things because we live in the midst of pain and struggle so often. And we see pain and struggle so often around us. Second Corinthians says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not given to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. In the midst of pain and struggle, we can have the fruit of the Spirit. Because of God, love, we can have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, let's just look at, look at a couple of these one more time. So the creator and sustainer of all of this lives in us. So in the midst of hatred, we can respond with the fruit of love. Because we have this power living inside of us. In the midst of pain, we can respond with joy. Because we have the creator and sustainer living inside of us. In a world that divides, and we see it more and more and more, we can continue to pursue peace. When we're at our limit, we can continue to have patience. When we're mistreated, we can continue to respond with kindness. When we want to conform, we can persevere in goodness. When people let us down, we can continue to be faithful. When people are harsh, we can respond with gentleness. And when we want to give in, we can persevere 
and self-control because the creator and sustainer is in us. But like I said, sometimes Jesus doesn't feel present. I was together with a group of guys on Tuesday and Josh um, was sharing something with us, with us that morning about um, Jesus sometimes pulling away from us. Like oftentimes we think that, you know, he's there and it's us that need to draw near, but sometimes Jesus pulls away from us. And so we started to really dig into that. And what does that mean sometimes when Jesus doesn't feel present and God doesn't feel present? Well, one thing um, that we talked about is that we don't engage with him. So have you ever been um, on a flight and you're sitting next to somebody that you don't know and you're just praying that they don't start talking to you? Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, you're like, let me have it. It's like, put the, you, you bought the extra big headphones just to make a point. You're like, like, they're not even on. You're just doing this. Don't want anybody to talk to me. Yet maybe somebody uh, is sitting next to you that has so much to offer. And it even could just be sitting next to your spouse. Um, a guy that I, I used to love listening to said that every person is filled with infinite depth and endless complexity. We should never run out of things to say. So sometimes I feel like Jesus doesn't feel present, but he's sitting right there and he's waiting for us to engage. And then there's other times that we doubt his power. If the disciples knew that Jesus was the creator of this, do you think they would have been scared on the boat during the storm? We doubt his power. And I think we need to just, just sit and just be for a second and just say, wait, you, you created all of that and you're living inside of me? Okay, I, th I think I can do this. And then one other thing that we talked about that morning um, with Josh and the guys was I think Jesus sometimes disguises himself. So after the resurrection, he was walking along the road uh, with two of the disciples and they didn't even know who he was. Or it was Mary Magdalene thought that he was a gardener. So sometimes I feel that, or believe that Jesus is there, but he's disguising himself. But we can trust because of Galatians that I am crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So this morning, um, whatever you have going on, so like I talked about through the fruit of the Spirit, maybe there's hatred around you, there's pain, there's division, you're at your limit, you're mistreated, you want to conform because it will just be easier, people are letting you down, people are harsh, you want to give in. Just remember, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, the creator and sustainer is inside of you, ready to fill you with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The creator of it all came down in the form of a baby and lived a humble and rejected life and died a humiliating death on a cross so that he could be with you and me and help us walk through this life together. Jesus, I was blown away looking at photos of your creation. 
from a microscopic and earthly level to the grand scale of the universe. Your creator and sustainer of it all. And your word is clear from start to finish that you are in relationship with your creation. You pursue your creation. You give your power in these jars of clay. Lord, in this life is hard and it's a struggle and it's painful. Lord, but you're there. You're with us. You're inside of us. You're sustaining us. Lord, help us to lean into that when, when everything see, feels like chaos around us or when the pain is too great or we feel like we want to run away. Lord, just remind us, give us that glimpse of your power that dwells in us. Lord, thank you. You are an extravagant God, extravagantly. I look at those photos of different galaxies, Lord, and I just think you are extravagant. And you extravagantly love us and relentlessly pursue us. Thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.